Hello, love. Welcome back to another podcast episode of Returning to the Earth. So, um, you know what time it is. I picked back up. <laughs> I Don't Want to Grow Up by Scott Stillman. I um, skimmed through some pages. There are some pages about money. And I'm not big into money. I I read a book and I was like convinced about all the ways that I was going to make six figures. And then I realized that, that the big problem in America is having money. Like, of course, I want money and I'm abundant, and I have a shit ton of money, speaking in manifesting terms, um, but, like, the goal is not money, the goal is experience, and so I kind of skipped through that, because it made me overwhelmed, I was like, oh my god, there's, like, and a lot of it was about, like, sales and stuff, and I just, um, I'm not big into that stuff, not that there's anything wrong, just at this point in my life, I'm not big into caring about, working my live working my life for money I want money to travel but I'd much rather be rich in experiences than rich in money um and I'd much rather make money through my experiences and so um it's a little bit different so anyhow we're gonna get back into reading um and so yeah I wanted to quickly talk about the few books that I am reading currently though um one of them I read a little bit on this podcast so far and it's called all about love um new visions by bell hooks And I love it, but I know a lot of the information on it, so I kind of got overwhelmed with it. And I was just like, I am going to take a pause for right now from reading it. So it's like, I think it's going to go back on my bookshelf for a little bit. And then I'm reading Ongoingness, The End of a Diary by Sarah Mungoso. And basically, it's a diary of 95 pages of her life experience in this book. And it was given to me. I traded it for an Oracle deck with somebody on the farm that I was working on. And I love it. Um so so many good quotes and so many good things and if I feel like I ever wrote a book and I published it it would be like that because my favorite way of sharing the vulnerability of me is through clips of my journal um and it's the most raw uncut stuff and so anyhow I love it and so I love that book so I'm reading that and then the last one is if Trees Could Talk by Holly Wharton, Life Lessons from the Wisdom of the Woods. And I love this book. I, I've i always had a connection with the trees, but I think that the trees have been more aware than that than I have um, because they are old, old pieces of wisdom for us. And I even had a connection with the tree yesterday where I was walking down a quarter mile long driveway and I saw this tree and one of the branches were completely bright, bright red with fall colors. And I was like, okay, tree, well, why is all of you green and you look healthy, but one singular branch is red? And I didn't really get the answer, but I was very curious by it. And so I went up to it and I placed, I placed my hand on it and then my forehead and I immediately had a surge of breath. And so I took a really, really deep breath in and I immediately knew why I was there. And it was the reminder that without, without trees... I'm not alive and without me trees are not alive and I just needed that reminder that nature is here to heal and I already know that but sometimes I just need that gentle reminder again um and so yeah go out and hug a tree and this is just this lady's stories with her speaking to trees from around the world um and her profoundness of just like having these certain connections and sharing these certain things and these certain like these very particular stories with trees um and I found all of those books on my travels and I brought them all back with me and so yeah but let's get back into reading um 
I don't want to grow up. So it's not about the money. We began to believe we could do anything, but it seemed Napoleon Hill got something wrong, something big, money. Why had we been making money as the goal? Why would the goal ever be money? Money is worthless on its own. There are plenty of people with lots of money who are miserable. The goal cannot be and must not be money. It must be a question, the most important question of all. What do you want your life to look like? Yes. We never wanted money. We wanted to backpack, ski, mountain bike, and kayak to do that we needed time okay a little bit of money we'd never understood the mentality of work hard now then retire when you're 65 65 what the hell am i going to do when i'm 65 my body will never be in better shape than it is now the time to live can never be later it must be now we began simplifying our lives by eliminating debt and spending our money on travel and outdoor gear rather than cars home furnishings and electronic gadgetry okay I want you to set just for a minute with this knowledge. And um, I really had an existential moment yesterday where I was like, holy shit, people are literally working to survive. And, you know, it didn't click until I was literally out of capitalism living on this farm for three months where I was trading my time to work with animals, to learn knowledge about homesteading for free food and housing like it was a trade and I find that so much more beneficial and then coming back into the world and everybody's like all my friends are working like full-time and they're also in school and I'm like oh my people are people are working and going to school and I think I don't think that I could mentally take that and I don't think anybody's meant to mentally take that no wonder our mental health is so bad like I know it's always been around, but it really clicked in last night for me that like people work so they can simply go out and have a drink with friends on the weekends. People work six days a week to have one day off if they're lucky. I like I just want you to sit with that information. Like a nine to five, get up, work all day, pay fucking rent. And then only have one to two days off. And then maybe a week or two weeks off a year. And people call that living. We need to get careers. And we need to make careers and go to college. To work all the time. To try to give ourselves a thing called purpose. Which a lot of the times people work jobs that they just need to to make them survive. For them to have a few days off. Or maybe the weekends off with their kids and then go back and do that. To pay rent. To pay for a week-long vacation. That makes absolutely no sense to me. It infuriates me. Um, It really just rubs me the wrong way when people are like, yeah, that's normal. I'm like, it's not. It, it, It is not. And you need to get out and experience something new to realize how how astronomically, profoundly disgusting that is. And how you're going to be 65 and you're going to have hip problems. And then you're going to be like, I want to go backpacking around the world. And yeah, of course, you can go do that. But go do it now. Why you have no health problems. And why you can fall in and out of love a million and six times. 
and how you can eat so many good foods and make so many more cool connections. And not to say that you can't make cool connections when you're, when you're old, but now is the time to live because it's tomorrow promised? Absolutely not. So please, if you are miserable going to school, I'm not saying I don't hate college, but I also don't really like college because the stuff that they teach makes me makes my blood just absolutely boil. And again, if you're one of those people that are really inspired by doing something in the route of going to college and using that degree, we need you. If you if your heart is set on being a psychologist or a scientist or an engineer or or a statistics and mathematician or an interior designer or a zoologist, please, please go to college. But if you are doubting yourself and you are feeling like you're going crazy because you want to do something different, I hope this podcast episode can be the courage for you to go out and do something different and see how you can live and not just survive because you're not meant to conform to anything other than your freedom terms. So anyhow, um, let's get back into it. We began simplifying our lives by eliminating debt and spending our money on travel and outdoor gear rather than cars, home furnishings, and electronic gadgetry. I lost interest in the insurance gig, hung up my license, and enrolled in the United Bicycle Institute, UBI. I'd always had a secret fantasy of becoming a bicycle mechanic. As an avid mountain biker, I wondered what it would be like to truly understand the mechanics of this complex piece of gear I spent so much time with. The subtle nuances of the drivetrain suspension and hydraulic braking systems. What would it be like to ultimately know this incredible piece of equipment that feels at times like an extension of my own body? Not to mention that working on toys didn't exactly sound like a bad way to make a living. I graduated from UBI, got a job at the University Bicycles in Boulder. I did not even know that was a thing. I think I was saying in yesterday's podcast episode is I spent three months living um 20 minutes outside of boulder and i went to boulder all the time so the fact that this guy's like the rest of his life is like spent in like the heart of boulder and boulder is gorgeous i've gone to some of the most magnificent hikes if you find yourself in colorado and you want and you're not in the west side but you're in boulder and you want some really good hikes there's a place called ncar um n-c-a-r which is great great hiking i fell in love with that place um and then chautauqua very very another beautiful beautiful place um i even ended up hiking ncar i think barefoot i think ncar was the one i did yeah i ended up hiking because i wore my blundstones and it rubbed my feet raw and i realized that the blundstones were not broken in enough and so Anyhow, I ended up having to carry my blown stones for, I think it ended up being like a four mile hike. Um, and I did all barefoot and it was muddy and rocky and I even ended up climbing up to like this cave type of situation barefoot while I was windy as hell. But honestly, I'd rather hike barefoot any day. Um, I don't like, I'm a, I'm, I'm a hippie in the way that I believe that we have a deep connection with the earth and when you're barefoot, you have so much more energy and you're more happy. But as soon as they put those rubber boots back on, like I'd much rather hike intense hikes also in some kind of sandal like Tevas or Chacos. And I don't know how I'll do that in the future, whether I have to add goddamn spikes to the bottom of them. But I do not like my feet feeling like they're suffocating. And often in boots, that's what it feels like. And having constant rubber bottoms and my feet not being able to breathe 
the fresh air that is around. Not to say that my feet have mouths, but we have receptors to understand the connection that we have to the earth. Um, so yeah, anyhow, after that rant. Instead of buying bigger and more expensive things, we stayed true to keeping our life simple because we had no debt and very low bills. We no longer required much income. It was a bit like retiring. You know, it's actually quite common for someone to work a job they dislike for 20, 30, 40 years, then retire and get a lower paid job doing the same thing they actually enjoy. Why the wait? Why many people could sell how many people could sell their homes and belongings, pay their debts, move into a small apartment, and get a lower-paying job doing something they enjoy right now. Life is short, and money is just money. You can't take it with you, so why are you so obsessed with it? With as much money as we can make, can it ever buy back our use? The switch to the bike shop was perfectly timed. The job was a blast. If you could even call it a job. With a little perk called Pro Deals, employees got new bikes each year. Excuse me, that is a really good deal. It worked like this. Bicycle manufacturers wanted us riding all the latest gear, so they'd give shop employees wholesale pricing 50% off retail. We'd ride our bikes for a year, then sell them at the end of the season, again, for 50% off retail, roughly the same price we paid. With the money from the sale, we'd buy another bike. Here we were, essentially a bunch of punk kids getting paid to work on toys, riding nicer bikes than our corporate clients. I felt like we'd cracked some kind of secret code. Did the money even matter, or was it really all about the lifestyle? Everyone at the shop became great friends, and we went riding every day. It was a lot like the old skateboarding days, just a group of friends hanging out, telling jokes, laughing our asses off all day long. It was a blast. This wasn't work. This was fun. We were getting paid to have fun. Another three years came and went and went on countless mountain bike trips to Mohab, Fruta, Sedona, Crested Butte. When I wasn't mountain biking, Valerie and I were backpacking the Rocky Mountains and the deserts of Utah. When winter snow covered the peaks, we'd ski the backcountry, staying overnight in ski huts, enjoying cold winter nights besides the warmth of a blazing fire. Photography was still a passion, but I'd also started writing. I created a website called scottstillmansblog.com and posted photos and essays of our travels. As the blog gained followers, I began to take writing more seriously. Again, rather... Valerie and I sat down at our kitchen table and began planning our next big adventure. Sell everything. What would it be like to sell everything and hit the road for a year, maybe longer, maybe even write a book about the whole thing? It seemed like the next logical step in our new career. We called up a realtor to list our home, and what do you know, it sold. The rest came together rather quickly. We gave away most of our belongings except for a few essential items that we locked away in storage unit, in a storage unit. Then we moved into a small truck camper and found on Craigslist and hit the road. And the rest of, they say, is history. Life's a dog and then you die. No, no, life is a joyous dance through daffodils beneath Cruelian blue skies and then I forgot what happens next by Edward Abbey. It's amazing how things fall into place when you know exactly what you want. Before I knew it, we were chugging down the highway in our truck camper in search of the new American dream. I wrote about that trip in my first book, Wilderness, The Gateway to the Soul. Some things you plan, others you don't. I swear 
it doesn't say I swear. I never intended to be a writer. We were having fun. I started writing for the hell of it for my own amusement. And if someone actually happened to read it, jumping Jesus on a pogo stick, what a bonus. I self-published Wilderness, The Gateway to the Soul, September 2018. And it proceeded to sell 20,000 copies in the first six months. I was astonished. It seemed the more we simplified, the richer we became. I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about life, the ability to do what we want when we want. My dream of never growing up was actually coming to fruition. How many people suffer trying to figure out what they want to do with their lives? I've known quite a few myself, certainly included. I started to wonder, could I write a book about not growing up, not choosing a career path, and simply living for the sake of living? How many are suffering in this very moment, struggling to confront themselves into a mold they'll never fit? In this careerless path, really, is this careerly... Well, is this careerless path really so bad? Could it actually be a calling? How many are fighting a battle that can never be won? Is it so bad to simply have fun? I don't want to grow up. What does it mean to grow up? Many things to be sure. For me, it was always meaning give well what does it mean to grow up many things to be sure for me it was always meant giving up on your dreams and facing reality but who's reality when we're young we have dreams as big as the world then when we're older we're told to face reality as if our dreams and our reality are in a different direction we need intention we need goals Otherwise, we just sort of sleepwalk through life. That's important to realize is that a goal can be anything. One goal might become CEO of a large corporation or make a certain amount of money or reach a certain level of status. Whatever the goal is, it's essential that the why be as important as the what. Why do you want to be a CEO? Why do you wish to earn the specific amount of money or reach that level of status? Oftentimes, the why is completely unrelated to the what. Let's say you want to learn a certain amount of money. Learn. (laughs) Let's say you want to earn a certain amount of money so that you can travel. If travel is your desire, why not make the travel the goal? More important are the details. Where do you want to travel? For how long? A few weeks? A few months? Full time? What do you want your life to look like? Start there. When you start focusing on the life you want rather than what you think you will get what will get you there you're on the right path let me reread that start there when you start focusing on the life that you want rather than what you think will get you there you are on the right path yes it all starts with waking up in the morning visualize your perfect day from morning to night where do you live What are you wearing? What activities are you engaging in? How about a year from now? Five years from now? Ten? Use your imagination and write your story as only you can write it. Adaptations can be made along the way. There are no rules. Everything is subject to change. It is your journey. Once you have your perfect life on paper with as many details as possible, then and only then can you start making a plan. Most people go about this in the exact opposite way, making plans without even asking themselves what they actually want. This might be calling me out too with my lostness. 
I don't think that you necessarily need to write everything down because reading a lot of like the self-help books and trying to discover how to live the life that I want to as well everybody's like you need to you need to write and visualize and write and visualize and to me that felt like so much work like I didn't want it to feel like a chore I don't want to sit there and write seven to eight pages of visualizing what I want my life to look like but rather close your eyes visualize it and write down affirmations with it so what you can do is like okay let me think of a random example to not put a key into my life right now um okay let's say you want a pair of green converse so you visualize, you close your eyes, you imagine what outfit you'd wear with this, this green converse, where you got those green converse from, how did you find that money, okay? Let's say you don't even worry about the money part. You just close your eyes, you imagine yourself having green converse on your feet, and let's say wearing some cargo pants and a cool fall sweater, okay? So you visualize yourself. Now imagine the emotions and feel the emotions, Feel yourself grin from cheek to cheek and just feel the ecstasy of what it feels like to wear this fall outfit with rocking shoes and a happy attitude. Okay, now do the affirmations with it, okay? Close your eyes once again and say, I love my green converse. I love my green converse. I love my green converse and feel your feel your your cheeks pull again and feel that happiness overcome you. So I don't think you necessarily always have to write everything down unless you feel like you need to. I'm more of a tactile learner, so writing things down sometimes helps, but like writing out every single detail of my life I get so discouraged about that I want to manifest. And I often just do affirmations and say as if I already have it. I imagine the emotion that I have with that feeling. And I kind of ride the wave of just like, okay, maybe I don't know what I want, but universe provide me with the next step to happiness and I want to travel. So give me a travel opportunity of excitement, you know, things like that and things will fall into place, but you have to be willing to feel your, allow yourself to feel that excitement and the happiness as well. Um, and put aside the need for the money because money will find you. If you're going to get green converse, of course you need money to get that. So maybe you'll find money somehow. You will find money somehow or they will be gifted to you. Like we often think that we, when we want to travel, we have to go and we have to work. And I know some people that are working multiple jobs to save up for traveling and there's nothing wrong with that. But when you're in that mindset, you're saying that I'm not worthy of travel unless I have money. Where does that get you? It gets you in a miserable headspace. Whenever I, 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 the last two times I've traveled, I've traveled with $1,000 on me. And I don't know why I'm sharing this, but I am. And I shared that with somebody who I was on the farm with. And I, I only had like $20 left in my account and I was leaving in like a day. And I said, yeah, I came here with $1,000. And she looked at me and she was like, what? Like, like in a crazy way <laughs> and I was like yeah and like when I went out to Colorado I went with a thousand dollars um and to some people that that sounds insane because no you need five or ten thousand just to, you know travel across the country alone like why would you go with such minimal money but money always found me 
if I was meant to be in that state, money found me. When I decided I was going to go to Washington, I didn't have that much money to my name. I think I had like $200. But the universe said I needed to get my ass to Washington. And I somehow managed to get $1,000 by the time I left for Washington. I think I had $1,200 posted in my account. And that lasted me three months. And then when I came back, money's been finding me again because I know that I'm meant for travel and I set those intentions for myself. Um, So again, it's not about a matter of working your ass off every single day because you're telling yourself that you have to be miserable in order to have play, but rather have play and find money that way. Okay, it's a game. Life is one big chess game. Life is one big, you know, tech board. It's how you choose to program it and find the cheat codes to life. Life is not that fucking serious, guys. I know some people that have breakdowns over everything and I'm just over in the corner like chuckling to myself about my own life and they're like, it, life is so serious. And I'm like, guys, no, it is not. Life is not that serious. And once I could let go and know that if something's meant for me, it will happen and I could surrender to that and set those goals of saying, this is the next place I'm going to go and this is the next place I'm going to do. I know that I'm meant to be there. So somehow I'm going to get my ass over there and I'm going to have a great ass time. Yeah, of course, there's going to be boulders in the way and might get my foot crushed on a little bit and I might have a few scrapes on my knees by the time I get there. But what is that? That's merely stories that I get to tell once I reach the next destination. So that's my little two cents on it. And guys, I'm only 19 and I'm doing this. And I know 19-year-olds that are traveling the world alone. So if you're sitting in your room listening to this and you're miserable and you don't know what to do, take all this stuff, start doing your own research and just go for it. I know it's fucking discouraging because when I started, I was like, I, so when I first learned about woofing, and that's what I did the last time I traveled, um, I was so excited and I, I told my college, like my professor type of core advisor, I was like, yeah, I'm not going to college. Like I'm not going to apply to any colleges. And he's like, that's a mistake. And I'm like, I don't see myself going to college anytime soon. And he's like, okay, what are you going to do? And I was like, I'm going to go travel and volunteer. And he was like, okay, cool. Like he didn't really fully understand it, but I was like, I'm going to do it. Um, and so when it was like, came to people posting on social media, what um, each person, what college people are going to go to and what they're going to be doing. My friend ran the account and she's like, okay, it's your turn for class of 2022. What do you want your picture and thing to say? And the thing said, Hallie and then I'm not going to share my last name because I don't really share that in general but um Hallie Blank going and woofing in Hawaii and I ended up not going to Hawaii I was really close to going to Hawaii I'm kind of happy that I didn't with everything that's been happening with the fires and everything and it didn't really feel right anymore um I maybe one day it will but not right now and so I I felt so discouraged when I decided that I wasn't going to go to Hawaii anymore when I said that I was going to go to Hawaii and ended up um, having to do a little bit more school before I could also graduate. But as soon as I graduated, I got a one-way ticket to Colorado with $1,000. And I said, well, somewhere I'm going to make money <laughs> and I don't think I'm going to come home anytime soon. And I gave a disclaimer. I was like, I'm going to be gone for a month. And the next thing I knew, I was like, I'm not going to be home for three months. And the next thing I knew, I was like, I got a one-way ticket to um Hawaii and then it was like that didn't work out so then I got a one-way ticket to Washington state and then 
they were like my family was like okay and my friends were like oh really like this is actually happening like you said you were going to travel and you're actually doing it like go you and I was like yeah I said I'm not gonna go to college guys like I'm gonna go live out my experience um and again that's not to poo-poo on anybody that likes college I'm not saying that college is bad or wrong I'm just saying if it's not meant for you don't make it for you don't force yourself to do anything you don't want to do you should be living with passion for things not for surrendering to something that you think you might like um and so yeah I and then when I right before I left for Washington I ended up having another thousand dollars posted in my account um over a collection of things and I didn't even think I was gonna have that much money until I started looking at all my different accounts where I have money and stuff like that and I was like oh my god I have another $1,200. How did I get this? And during my travels, I also found ways of making some cash. Um, So, yeah. You're here for experience. Um, The coolest people that I know lives, like, basically, they they live really, really minimalistly. They'll live out of their vehicle and they'll travel and they'll work at national parks and they'll work and they'll do all their woofing and workaways and they'll spend their money on like a peanut butter and jelly a day and you know that might sound bad but I'd much rather have experience than spending you know a bajillion dollars on groceries like I have my supplements and I have my herbs and if a peanut butter and jelly is all that I need during the day and maybe a can of sardines or a can of tuna then I am perfectly okay as long as I get experience um and they get to see and love and and be who I want to be rather than pretending to be somebody that I'm not and have a bajillion dollars in my bank account. So that's another little tangent. Guys, it is it is very much possible. Um and I suggest moving as fast as possible and that might seem scary, but just jump. Sometimes you have to learn to jump before you drown. And I know that sounds like a pretty <laughs> contradicting statement. Um, and don't get me wrong, I have been terrified every time I've traveled, like literally shitting my pants. Like before I went to Washington, I think I ate like three or four things throughout 10 days. And that sounds really, really bad, but I was so nauseous with fear that I simply could not eat. Um, and it took me some time to even adjust to having an appetite while I was out there. I was scared fucking shitless. But without that, I wouldn't be to this new confidence level that I am right now within who I am and what I want to do. Even if I am so lost right now, I know that I will find my way some way and I just got to enjoy the lostness. Um, So yeah. So the next is planning. Planning can be great fun, even as fun as the goal itself. When I'm not traveling, I got maps spread out all over my living room floor. I mull over them with a guidebook in one hand, highlighter in the other, I'm constantly mapping out new adventures. Go buy some decent maps, you know, the paper kind. Your smartphone GPS may be a useful tool, but it tracks the mystery, but it lacks the mystery and the romance of an actual map. With maps, the world becomes alive again. There is something very poetic about maps. You start to see there's so much to explore that you could never fit into a lifetime, so hurry up. Life is of the essence life is of the essence time is of the essence by like how my brain went to life is of the essence we only live so long excuse me we (laughs) pardon to kind of just burp right into the phone we only live so long no one knows 
when you're going to die, so you'd better get busy living. Why not do something amazing? In the end, we are all equal, like the birds, the snakes, the rats, and the worms. We are born with nothing, we die with nothing. It's what happens in between that counts. You are alive right now. That's what matters. Your heart is beating. Will it beat tomorrow? Who knows? Life is a mystery. And it's time to start treating it in that way. The only irresponsible thing you can do is waste it. You are here. God only knows why. I'm going to replace that with the universe. But if you believe in God, yes. You are here. Universe only knows why. But you have the dreams and desires you do for a reason. The truth is, you do know why you are here. The problem is society wants your dreams to fit into some preconceived mold. It all goes back to that high school guidance counselor. What do you want to be when you grow up? Whoever said we wanted to grow up, growing is killing us. Refusing to grow up is choosing to live and and experiencing every day with the playfulness and curiosity of a child. When we stop seeing the world as a playground, nature as a classroom, beauty in the mundane, we perish. Growing up is like dying and going to heaven and doing it for a while, then deciding that's all this holiness is but a doll, is a bit dull, and we should get on to more important things. As we concern ourselves more and more with these so called important things we distance ourselves even further from the heaven we were born into until we forget we're there let me cue you in on a little secret shh don't tell anyone you're in heaven now amen heaven on earth watch a small child and you'll see that she's in paradise until her parents insist that she's not Try and teach her that she's not in heaven. Explain that when she dies, she'll go to a place far better than here. We know the result of such discussion. No, mommy, I don't want to die. I want to live here, inevitably. This is followed by tears, 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 and more tears. It's not until we grow up and find ourselves miserable that we desire an afterlife. Some hope beyond the stall... I don't know that word, dread, that's become a reality. When we get old, death starts to seem like a pretty good idea, and it should. For in death, the cycle repeats itself, and we find our heaven once again. Unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 18.3 Heaven is full of rainbows, butterflies, sunrises, sunsets, flowers, and bunny rabbits. There are unfathomable mountains, deserts, oceans, and plains. The universe created this paradise not so we could destroy it by cutting down the forests, damming the rivers, polluting the oceans, clouding the skies, and drowning the holy wilderness within the noise and the clamor of industry. We are here to frolic in the hillsides, dance with the flowers, run with the squirrels, sing with the songbirds, and play with the dolphins. We are here to love, not just other humans, but everything on this planet. We are Earth's children, the mountains, the oceans, the forests, the animals. They are our kin. They are here for us as we are here for them. God damn, that was really good. Now I need to underline some stuff.
Um, kind of want you guys to go back and listen to that one more time because, geez Louise, that was just like, my heart just cried a little bit at the beauty of that. The love in all of our hearts is the same, but all this gets obscured. Our reimagined society insists life is not a bed of roses. Money doesn't grow on trees and you must work hard for a living. We buy into this, eating the forbidden fruit, forgetting the Garden of Eden. Paradise is stolen and placed in some imaginary future that exists only in our death. How did this happen? How did we become so naive? The time has come to wake up and start having some fun. Oh, that was like a little poem. That reminded me of Dr. Seuss for some reason. I feel like Dr. Seuss and this guy would definitely be buddies. Rest assured, this is not a religious book. I'm not a religious man. I'm not here to preach only, but reinforce your own beliefs. If you're an atheist, this life is all you have. If you're a Christian, you'll find heaven when you die. If you believe in hell, you'll find it. You can make we can make our lives a living hell if we so desire. That is the whole point. It is up to you. Jeez. Yeah, like, I know some people that are so stuck in their heads. And don't get me wrong, I used to be that kind of person. And so I'm trying to find ways of who, who and how I wish I had somebody to tell me these things without being without meeting me where I am and so when people feel this dreary dread which sometimes I do but I I do compensate with knowing that it will pass but I'm trying to meet myself where I am and so when people come into my life and they're in this dreary dread and they think nothing is beautiful nothing is magical when I'll see a rainbow and I'll giggle like one of my most magical favorite moments within this past month is me and two buddies of mine, a new buddy and then a buddy that I've known since freshman year of high school, Uh, me and the buddy from freshman year of high school, we went across the street of our farm and we found blackberries and we would smash them up between our fingers and paint our faces, each other's faces with them. And it was so much fun and I loved the sweet juice of the blackberries and just like leaving the seeds there looked like constellations and it was just beautiful. Um, And we had done this a few weeks prior to this as well. And a new buddy of ours was there, our new farm buddy. And I looked at him and I said, do you want some? And we ended up painting each other's faces also with these blackberries. Um, And it was just so much fun. And then I think at the same time, yeah, that same time right beforehand, there was a rainbow going on. uh, And it was just, geez, it was just beautiful. So there was this rainbow and this double rainbow came up and we were all painting each other's faces with these smashed blackberries between our fingers and I was giggling and I was just so happy and I was just like astonished and I said something like oh my god I fucking love life and they just like started like chuckling at me and I was like this this is like how I am I'll see a slug on the road and I'll be like oh my god this life is incredibly beautiful and then the next moment I'll be laying in my bed crying because I'm like, oh my god, life is so hard. And it's just like, sometimes it's just like the polarities of that and that still makes you human. Um, And I just wanted to also say that. So meet yourself where you are as well as if you want something out of this life, you have to go out and grab it. You know, nobody else is going to do it for you. And that's really hard to digest. And whenever somebody would tell me that, it made me feel abandoned. I was like, so nobody's ever going to be there or show me the way, huh? And so I kind of had to take things into my own hands and I try my best to tell somebody else when they're in my life that they don't have to do it alone, that it's brave to ask for help, but I'm not here to heal them, but I can show them the path. And 
So I'm not just going to go out and give random advice to people unless it's a conversation about stuff. Um, and I'm, I find that to be a lot more constructive as well. And that's besides the point, but I, I'm losing my train of thought. I'm just going to get back into reading. I'm going to read for like 20 more minutes and then I'll make this an hour-long episode as well. And then I'll call it uh, end for the day. And we are on page 70. So, infinite intelligence. We may have differing opinions about religion, but I think that we can all agree that there exists a certain kind of intelligence that organizes the universe. The intelligence that allows blood to flow through our veins, bees to pollinate the flowers, birds to fly south, salmon to spawn, whales to migrate, caterpillars to become butterflies, earth to to rotate, the moon to orbit, and the rest of nature to function perfectly on its own accord. Need to utter. For the sake of this discussion, let's call it infinite intelligence. We might also call it God or the universe. I really love infinite intelligence. I'm going to underline that. Because the universe is starting to have a kind of a weird connotation to some people, uh, including myself. And I don't like God because it makes me feel like there's a big white man up in the clouds casting damnation on some people and allowing other people into the gates of heaven. And I'm kind of readopting the term God as the universe, but um, I love infinite intelligence. So even just like, freaking stardust the key to living the life you want is tapping into the infinite intelligence each of us has access to the mysterious organizing force but unless we know what we want it cannot help us most people have absolutely no idea what they want so the universe cannot help them you must have definite purpose that's the fun part what does not growing up look like to you backpacking in the himalayas paddling norwegian Florge is, <laughs> don't know what that word is, skiing the Alps, surfing the Maldives, what do you want? Start here, yeah, start here, just be careful with your dreams, like drinking margaritas by the beach, that can be fun for a few days, perhaps even a few weeks, but eventually you may need to find something a bit more sustainable, equally important is focusing on what you what you do want, not what you don't. Escaping cannot be the goal. You must know what you are escaping to do. Pardon? Within that is don't escape because you're trying to run away from things. That is something that I have done that I'm trying not to do while also honoring how to jump before I drown. Because sometimes I know that I need to jump because I'm starting to get too comfortable. And if I don't jump right there, I will drown in a pit of existentialism and so I've I've trying to teach myself how to jump before I drown um but within that is also um don't just leave because you're escaping so I know a lot of people just leave their parents house or leave a place because your emotions are too heightened with what's being handed in front of you but that is a that's a learning lesson And if you can surrender just a little bit longer to try to understand yourself better, whether your emotions blow up or you cry or whatever that is, at least you'll learn a lesson just a little bit more. And 
So I'm trying not to just leave because I'm, and sometimes you just have to, but if you can surrender just a little bit longer to the lesson that is right in front of you, it becomes a little bit easier when you have to come back to that place. Because I was running from a few emotions here in my hometown and coming back, I knew how hard it was going to be. And the first few weeks was difficult. I was like, I did, because I absolutely, I left because I didn't want to deal with them anymore. And I felt like also I just wanted to travel and it was like, so many things were pulling me to leave. And so since I didn't try to understand my emotions before I left and I was kind of just like, fuck you and kind of left um, in my head, I had to come home and deal with the emotions anyhow. So sometimes you just kind of have to do that. And sometimes if you can make more peace before leaving, just understand your boundaries within that. So yeah. What crazy dreams did you have as a kid? What got sifted when life got into the when life got in the way? Those dreams still exist. You need to reignite them. It's time to do a little soul searching. You may be surprised what lurks deep down in the depths. Once you know what you want, you can start taking the necessary action steps. When Valerie and I decided to travel the American West, we got very detailed. We knew we wanted to travel for a year, live in a truck camper, and live and camp for free on public lands. We knew our daily activities would include hiking, backpacking, mountain biking, and kayaking. Once we had these details in place, the action steps presented themselves quite naturally. The plan was rather simple. Sell the house, belongings, purchase truck camper, quit job, hit the road. Okay, there were a few other details, but our main goal and agenda was pretty cut and dry. When plans get overly complicated, too, many things can go wrong. We get overwhelmed, we procrastinate. That's why it's best to keep things simple as possible. The next is called breadcrumbs. When you know what you want, the whole world changes. Life turns into a magical game of coincidence with clues around every corner. You go on just before, but you're aware of the opportunities as they arrive. Infinite intelligence is on your side. Life throws you breadcrumbs. If you're serious, you follow them. They lead you where you want to go. Always be on the lookout for breadcrumbs. This is infinite intelligence conspiring to get you what you want. At first, your breadcrumbs will be small. Infinite intelligence is just testing the waters to see if you're for real. Ignore them and you send the message that you are fraud. But your breadcrumbs will disappear. Follow them, however, and it's astonishing where they will lead. I love breadcrumbs of like infinite intelligence. That can be angel numbers. That can be simple little coincidences. And so when every time... I am offered an opportunity to go do something. I, unless there's something that's telling me I really don't need to be there, I will go and I will just set the intentions of meeting somebody or having some kind of very specific interaction, whether that's with nature or with a human being or with myself, um, to give me a piece of the puzzle. Or you can even, I was sharing this with a friend, is you can go, if you have all your songs liked, on Spotify, all your favorite songs over like the past, like me, it's like the past four years, I will say out loud to the universe or infinite intelligence and I will say, please give me a sign that I need to make this decision and play it through a song that will remind me of the answer, yes or no. And I'll play it and most likely you'll get the answer that you're exactly looking for. Um, Or that can be setting the intentions of seeing a TikTok video or an Instagram 
uh, post feed that will also give you the intelligence to the answer that you're looking for. You have to just be looking for those breadcrumbs around you, whether that's simply a sign on a storefront when you're window shopping or a license plate or a sticker on a car or you hear somebody over like you kind of eavesdrop a little bit and you hear somebody talking about this opportunity sometimes you can even go up to people and be like hey didn't mean to tap into your conversation but I heard you talking about this I'm really curious would you be open to talking about it the other thing is you have to be willing to stand out and be weird or different okay if you want good opportunities you cannot be like oh, well, that's so weird or stupid or you can't do that or that's so out there. You will lose out on breadcrumbs. When you hear something that sparks your interest, go up to that person. And if they find it weird, then it's not meant to be. Learn rejection is protection. Um, and go up to them. And I know it's not easier. It's like, it's much easier said than done. But yeah, go up to them and say, I heard you talking about this thing. I've heard about it too. Would you be willing to have a conversation with me about it? You can also feel the waters, whether there's a vibe between you and that person or not and if there's not don't do it do your own research but talk to strangers people often have those exact seeds for us that we need because there's seeds of you all around that are willing and waiting to be picked up so Valerie and I talked about moving to Colorado for years but it wasn't until we made the decision to move that things really started lining up First, we bumped into a high school friend we hadn't seen in years. It just so happened he was living in Denver and invited us out for a few days. Breadcrumb won. We ended up finding a great apartment in Boulder, but couldn't move until we sold our house back in Ohio. While searching for realtors in the phone book, I called up a property management company by mistake. Breadcrumb, too. I hadn't considered renting, but I decided to follow the land anyway. The lead. This is what my ADHD does to me. It wants to put filler words in so bad. Like, and make it my own sentence. I honestly makes me giggle that I do that. But the agent on the line informed me a young couple has been searching for homes in our very neighborhood, breadcrumb number three. After setting up an appointment, the couple agreed to move in just two months later, paying us $600, month over, $600 a month over our house payment, with no jobs lined up, the arrangement created a much-needed income stream for our move to Colorado. Bradcom number four. It's almost scary how the universe conspires when we know exactly what we want. Some people start following these breadcrumbs only to become scared out of their wits when they see where they might actually lead. <laughs> Many people are not ready. If you say you want change but flee every time... It comes knocking, the universe will get the idea that you're not serious. If you're not serious, you better not start. If you are serious, you better get ready. Change often comes faster than you could ever imagine. And that's where I'm going to leave today. Almost halfway through the book. Anyhow, thank you for coming to part two of I Don't Want to Grow Up by Scott Stillman, a T4ing episode part two um where i talked to the text and thank you for making it this far excuse me again um and i just deeply deeply appreciate you and who you are and again be brave enough to fight for the things that you love and 
do and be a freak and be different and be weird and be bold and be the black sheep of the family and you know hell if you're doing it then you're fucking doing it and somebody will recognize your efforts i promise you that so i'll talk to you when i talk to you next i appreciate you deeply bye bye